Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we are uh, we are once again in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I'm so excited to be here, uh, especially with these two guys. Uh, this is we uh, did that a lot. I I could only imagine. <laughs> Um, not for me, because so so this is like uh, you know this is it's you. a big day, well a big day for you because anyway have an extra donut uh, let me talk for a second anyway <laughs> just kidding um, so uh, ask and you shall receive how many uh, in Radio Land raise your hands <laughs> if someone's ever told you that or if you ever tried it or thought about it and uh, th- what does that mean mm-hmm. because I I know in my past. I have asked for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, in especially in various, uh, I'll say stages or phases of of my own Christian experience. Some is a not so good Catholic, and some is a very good Catholic. Have asked for things, and they they didn't show up. You're, you're still not president of Mars. No. <laughs> Vice president is as high as I ever got. Uh, but no. Uh, so it's like I, I, you know, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people that I think they. Um, they're not sure what that means, and and the it just so happens that in the seventeenth Sunday of Ordinary Time, uh, this is this is the reading, this is the gospel reading that comes to us from the gospel according to Luke, and so uh, we should we should talk a little bit about this and what happens in that gospel is you know Jesus is teaching uh, that, well his disciples ask him you know how how to pray, and so he teaches them uh, Luke's version of the Our Father, right. Uh, we're familiar, more familiar with the, the the Matthews version, and that's the one we say uh, regularly. Uh, but this one's got some of the elements of it. But then he goes on to talk about um, asking and knocking and uh, the doors being opened, etc. And so let's read that little bit of uh, uh, chapter 11 here, uh, the first 13 verses. Um, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are I and I are already in bed. I cannot give up, get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his, hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. 
So this is a this is a, a this is a full uh, a robust gospel. It is, and it's. I'm, I'm glad, by the way, that you brought up, um, you know, the misunderstandings that sometimes people can have around this passage because I think there's actually a lot of different misunderstandings that people can have, and it can actually become a bit of a stumbling block in a person's faith life. Yeah, I remember this one guy um, I was uh, evangelizing years ago, and and it was. Uh, in the end, a blessed experience. He came into the church. I, I was uh, blessed to be his confirmation sponsor. But early He's in Buddhist the process, now, right? Is that, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm just messing with you. No, but early in the process, he was atheist, and ah. and uh, and so he had every question you can think of. And one of his questions was about this passage, and he was like, um, "So I'm looking at this passage." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, if, that's, if this is true, I mean, shouldn't I just be like, I want a candy bar, and I should just get a candy bar?" <laughs> and, and it was funny because, like, we I had to walk him through it. But one of the things that I, you know, had to, uh, you know, think through is the difference between like magic, <laughs> you know what I mean, and miracles, right? right? Like, at the end of the day, the Catholic Church, you know, some people just don't understand why the Catholic Church takes a stance against magic, and it's becoming more and more relevant these days uh, because Wicca, actually, if I'm not mistaken. And, and like as recently as something like 2017 was had replaced like Presbyterianism or one of the major Protestant denominations as one of the major religious yeah. uh, organizations in the in the United States. And wow. y- yeah, it's huge, and it's getting more and more widespread. And magic is all about I've got this power that I'm seeking, or I do this thing, and it, it's going to automatically have this effect. Right? That's the goal. It's an automatic. Response, whereas we as Christians, that's not how it works, you know. And the thing that is important is, you know, you're, you're seeking power. You're seeking power. Like, first of all, the divine infinity, you still get infinity. So if you have the triune God within you, then you literally have within you all the power that's responsible for all the miracles and the whole history of existence. Mm-hmm. It's, the, but you don't have dominion over. That triune God. And we are supposed to give ourselves over to him that he may exercise dominion over us. So what you're saying, Sam, if I can just kind of summarize, is that anyone who asks for anything is essentially seeking power and uh, and magic. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. But I'm just saying, like, we have to, that, that first of all, you know, we have to have a rightly ordered understanding of our relationship to god which is there is a god and he's not me that's right you know and no and i'm teasing i know, I know you're, you're not saying that because I, I do want to be clear that we're not saying that anybody who prays for things right like for for their child to be cured of cancer right right um what we are saying though is that uh going to some kind of like ouija board or doing like well wicca or you'd mentioned before but the, those kinds of things are definitely not the realm that you want to be in because those are not christian uh experiences yeah and and, and we don't want to have you know magical thinking towards prayer because at the end of the day like i mean all right guys god this is one of the dogmas of the church god's eternal and there and he's unchanging so First of all, when we pray, we might sometimes have the the feeling, you know, from our perspective, like, oh, I'm going to keep praying, and I'm by by continuing praying, I'm changing God's mind about this because I prayed hard enough, or I prayed well enough, or whatever. Uh, but that's not really how it works. If God's eternal and He's unchanging, it's not God who changes because of our prayers. It's when we're praying rightly, we are changing. Yeah, see, that's a great point, and because that's the. Uh that middle section in this particular gospel reading talks about 
uh, you know, you knocking on your friend's door or your friend knocking on your, their door, whatever. Somebody's knocking <laughs> on somebody's door. And you're not going to get up and do it because if you don't do it because of their friends, you definitely will do it because they're interrupting your sleep. Right? <laughs> well, because it says because of their persistence. Yeah. And, and what it's doing there is, is I think our Lord is not saying that, like, if you bother God enough, he's finally, as you say, going to change his mind and go like, all right. You can have the Zagnut bar you've been praying for. Here. I'll make you president of Mars. Yes, exactly. Here, here you go. You've pestered me enough. No, what he's saying is the the key is persistence. Like you know, where Saint uh, Paul will say, "Pray without ceasing." Right? There's this idea that you continue to pray and continue to pray and continue to pray because that's not going to change God. It's going to change you. Yeah, and it's going to essentially conform you to God's divine will in a more perfect way, right? Which means that maybe, uh, maybe your prayer will be answered, but differently than what you thought it would be answered, right? So then you, st- it's a whole different experience, but it makes you closer to God in, in that you're living in His divine will in a more uh, profound way, and that's way different than what we think. So it's not about bothering God with prayer, yeah, but persistent prayer is kind of like. You know, well, uh, Tom, you remember your your two a days or whatever. You oh, know, yeah. you know, so working out. There's something about uh, you know doing all the the, the healthy exercises mm-hmm. uh, and running around the football field and whatever you do to prepare you for the big game. Right. Well, you can't just show up at the big game and think it's all going to work out. You've right. got to build yourself up to that. Right. So that prayer essentially becomes spiritual calisthenics that are mm-hmm. are going to change us and are going to make us better. They're going to transform us. That's right towards God's will, and that's why it's important that we do that. Well, I think another issue is, I mean, it says very clearly in there, anything you ask in my name, right? Well, if we're saying, I want to become president of Mars, or I want a Zagnut Bart, or whatever, right? Then, like, are we actually asking in his name, or are we asking in our own name? Yeah, so there's actually, there's a lot of, I wrote down some scripture verses, um, yeah. and you mentioned the one uh, in my name, and that's actually uh, not right here, but that's in John chapter 14, verse 14, and it yeah, says, yeah. If you ask me anything in my name, I mean, there's a qualifier on it, and it says, I will do it, right? So if you're asking for a Zagnut bar or president <laughs> of Mars or whatever example you want to use uh, in Jesus's name, it's like, well, would you really belittle the name of Jesus so that you can have a candy bar or you can have a million dollars or, or whatever? Especially a Zagnut. Exactly. <laughs> so who wants that? Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Zagnut Corporation. I'm sure they're yeah, lovely. So, I've never actually had one yet. Now, um, there's some other verses I want to read that also help you see that like this idea of asking and receiving, it is conditional. Yeah. Right? So First uh, John chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, if we... Uh, um, if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Yeah. So according to his will, right? Um, James chapter 4, verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Oh. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little uh, convicting right there. James uh, chapter 1, verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. I mean, these are, these are all conditional. You'll get what you ask for, mm-hmm. right? And you don't see the conditions in this particular passage. Right. Right, until you get to the very end, the very last line, the uh, 13th verse of Luke's uh, 
uh, the, the, the 11th chapter of Luke, uh, it says this, If then, uh, uh, who are, if you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask right. him? So it's like um, asking you will receive. What are you asking for? Yeah, Zagnat Bar and Holy Spirit's different. No, they're different. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> right. Um, you no know, offense to the Zagnut Corporation, again. <laughs> no. Now, I will say that there is something very spiritual about a baby Ruth. Uh, I'm just going to say that. Uh, but, 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 but the point is, in your at, what, what are you, it, it causes me to think like, well, what, what on, on the prayers that I think weren't answered, Yeah. What, what, what was I asking for? And then you start to look at those conditions from James and the letter of John and, and also in God, John's gospel. It's like, what did I ask for? Was it, was it what I might perceive to be God's will? Yeah. Right. Or did I, did I, so, so like I find myself asking now more for God's will in whatever situation than I do asking for a specific outcome. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for a specific outcome, especially if there's something very specific that you know that you're praying for, someone's health, uh, a job, uh, something like that. I, I get that, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But even in those situations, for me, I'll say, Lord, if it be your will, right. you know, l- let this happen. Let, let this be uh, what our experience is. And, and that... It's just that that's I'm trying to look scripturally at this, right? And realize how is my prayer? It, it it's no longer something that's uh, trivial, like but, what I'm looking for. But we did that show on Tom's friend Larry, you know, uh, many weeks ago, and uh, Larry was having trouble with the whole question of why do bad things happen to good people. Right. So this passage, if Larry left to his own devices, was reading this packet passage. Uh, this might be a stumbling block oh, for somebody huge, like Larry. Huge. Yeah, but it's teaching you also. You're trying to understand the Father's will. That's what you're yes. trying to get to. So the persistent prayer, right? Connecting to the Father. So like the more you talk to somebody, you better you know them. Exactly. So the more you pray, you know, and and ask the Father, ask Him for His presence and His wisdom and His to help, you know, and whatever, send the Spirit. And, I mean, so all these things you ask, the more persistent you are in your prayer the more aligned with his divine will you'll be, right? So then you'll know better what to pray for. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing is, you know, our faith is, uh, our Catholic faith especially, is an incarnational faith. Jesus desires to incarnate himself in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's actually the, the prime work of the Holy Spirit is to bring about, you know, a continuation of the incarnation uh, within us, the, the flesh and blood human beings that are living today. And, and you know, and... By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus desires to live out his life, death, and resurrection in us on a continuing basis, right? And so when we say, when we're asking something in his name, you know, I would actually invite us all to think about it in terms of we, we were all actually called to become Christ, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, he's not actually being symbolic, when he says that, like, this is actually a fundamental reality of our encounter with God, that if we are asking for something in his name, he is actually blessing us to be dressed in the robes of the beloved son, Jesus. We are, we are blessed to be dressed in his robes, 
just like you know Jacob being presented to receive the blessing of the Father, mm-hmm. dressed in the in the robes of the firstborn, mm-hmm. right? We are dressed in the robes of the firstborn of the first son. And we are presented to the Father, and we are to re- and we are made because of that. We are receiving the Father's blessing. Right, and so I, w- I, I would just invite us to think about this in incarnational terms as well, and that mm-hmm. he's not being sort of symbolic, or he's not like pointing to some sort of like ancient f- custom. Oh, I'm asking for something in another person's name. That maybe no, you're actually you're another face of Jesus Christ. But in order for that to work, he has to have the one. He has to have dominion over you. You have to give him lordship over you. And live in his will. And right? live in his will. He had to desire that. Yeah, no, that's, and that's not always easy. No. That's not always easy. Uh, now, I do want to mention something that I know that many of you have heard this expression or you've heard somebody say it, uh, when you, especially when, when either you say or someone you know says, I prayed for this and I, and I didn't get it. Yeah. And I thought it was a reasonable prayer. I didn't think it was outside. It's like, so I prayed, prayed for a cure for this or I prayed that... The money for this would show up, or I prayed for whatever. Um, and then I, you've heard somebody say, and it kind of sounds callous, and so I don't like to use it that way, uh, this way. But but sometimes you hear someone say, like, "Well, you got an answer, but sometimes the answer is no." Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I I don't know that I don't know if that's true or not. And I and the reason why is because when you the reason the way I see it is if if you were praying for something you thought was reasonable, I, I need a way to get to work. I need a car. I've got to have a car. Lord, I'm praying for a car. Now, everyone knows you shouldn't pray for a Maserati or a Lamborghini or whatever uh, Italian name you can come up with, fancy car, whatever. That's And I think we all would agree that like a fancy car is not, but like just some kind of car to get me from here to there because I've got a job to support my family, whatever. Um, and it's a reasonable request, and you think that, but you didn't get a car. Um, and uh, the the thing is, maybe... The answer was no, because in some other form or fashion or way, God God wanted you to experience some person on the bus that you had to take. I don't know, and I'm not trying to make it all an excuse, but it's like we just don't know uh, from a divine will, <clears throat> uh, you know, how how things are, become uh, com- uh, uh, complicated and how intricate God's plan is and how it's woven into our lives and to the lives of others in our experiences. So we can't always look at an individual moment and say, well, he's, he didn't let me have that. And how many times as a parent have I thought to, about my kids and they said, Dad, I want this. It's like, you don't need that. And I'm able to explain it in a way uh, that maybe um, you don't hear the explanation from God. But if you pray and you're living in his will, yeah, then then you start to sense like, man, it was five years later, and I realized why why I didn't have a car then. Right. Well, something that's coming to mind. I think you're you're talking about sort of that intersection between God's permissive will and His perfect will, right? Yeah, you we've know? talked a little bit about that before. Yeah, and and I think that you know ultimately there are certain prayers that I think you can be confident are perfect will prayers. You know, you guys are both dads, so it would a, it would be a, a perfect will prayer. It is God's perfect will for your children. To, to be serious Catholics, right? You raise them in the faith, and so it, you are in line with the Heavenly Father's perfect will to say, you know, Heavenly Father, you know, bless my sons and daughters that, that they may remain Catholic and grow in their Catholic faith. That is his perfect will. But some of us, including people who have devoted themselves to the faith, experience children who go through a period mm-hmm. of saying, you know what, Dad, this is... 
It's not for me. It's not for me. Right. Yeah, I don't and, get anything out of it. And that's not his perfect. That's not God's perfect will. That's God's permissive will. But and that's for someone who really takes their their faith seriously, where their whole sense of the meaning of life comes from like the, the source and summit of the meaning of life for them is the Eucharist and our Catholic faith, right? That's terrible. That's terrible. That's heartbreaking. And it seems like unimaginable. Why would God permit this? But at the end of the day, we have to have a trust in the goodness of God's permissive will that the things that he permits, um, that ultimately he has a greater purpose, you know, both for the child you know he's got a journey in store for that child, uh, and, and but also for us in that moment. You know what does Jesus say at the end? You know he's not going to deny you the Holy Spirit. So think about it this way: like bad stuff's going to happen, regardless of what it is, regardless of uh, and, you know. And but if God pours forth the Holy Spirit to help us uh, seek that unity with the will of God, mm-hmm. to seek. Uh, reconciliation to inspire to guide to protect uh, to console delay to lay ourselves upon the altar of sacrifice mm-hmm. along with Jesus and yeah. just say Lord I'm going to give a total self gift of trust in you and your goodness including the goodness of your permissive will mm-hmm. you know that is the Holy Spirit in action stepping into the most difficult parts of our lives to really transform and shape our ability to respond to the bad stuff and that's at the heart of what our faith is. And, you know, right now, it doesn't feel like the, like it, we, we, we might wish that God would do things a different way, like instead, like he would just grant us the prayers, yeah. right? But I think we can trust that when we cross on the other side and we get to see how it all played out, it'll make sense in a way that it just can't make sense right now. We, we yeah. can't see the big picture Everyone right thinks now. like, you picture heaven, like, and you hear these angelic choirs, like with singing this high C, <laughs> you know? I see it more like a whole bunch of people all in concert, all at once going, oh. <laughs> that's, that's the heavenly choir right. where suddenly everybody realizes, right. now I get it. Yeah. Like, I could have never understood that fully. And, you know, and God's like, I know, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can see, like, what, how, just how connected everything is. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a, a powerful thing. Now, I, I, we, we should also, we've mentioned, we touched upon a little bit about like some improper readings of this oh, yeah. uh, gospel and where that can potentially lead. But you know, you've heard the expressions like prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's this idea that like uh, that you, can, you can acquire great things and great wealth uh, if you know what to pray for and how to uh, pray for it. And, and uh, um, you know, and there was even time like if you look at some of these di- books that came out. Like, remember there was a big deal like the prayer of Jabez, yeah. like this obscure passage, you know, way from the Old Testament. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, expand my territory, yeah. and if you pray that, the Lord will expand your territory. Right? right. Now, I'm not saying it's bad, and, and that Jabez was some kind of evil, whatever. I'm just saying that sometimes you can start to distort things into prosperity gospel. Right, and but there's also like word of faith, which is another kind of a spiritual movement uh, that's maybe an improper reading, like you know, word. Like you say that word of faith, and that's going to happen. It's what's also you've heard of name it and claim it. Oh yeah, yeah, right, things like that. So, so these are sort of distortions of the truth, and it's like not totally living uh, in in God's will, His divine will, uh, or attempting to do so. Um, And which which leads me to another topic, which or uh, related topic, which is. You know where we sometimes see answered prayer as a as a reward, yeah, 
because that's not exactly the best way to say it uh, as well. Right. So when someone's like, oh, you must be living right. Oh, God must, he's shining on you. He's going to let you have this this nice car or this situation or this really close parking lot when you go to Walmart, whatever. And it's like you, you think sometimes about like answered prayer being a reward for living right, doing right, thinking right, praying right, asking, you know. And, and that's, I, I, I'm not going to say that God doesn't reward us here on earth and give us a taste of, of, the, of, of heaven, of the banquet of heaven, you know, occasionally. I, I, I think that's maybe the case, but that's not the goal for me. Yeah. Again, my prayer is to be in union with the will of God. And that's not necessarily a closer parking spot at Walmart or a really nice car or job, right? right. It's it's sometimes different than that. And that's why it's like I just want to be in union with his, with his will. Yeah. And so that's what I'll continue to pray for. And I I just want to caution people for looking at like cuz you can cuz if 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 you have good stuff and it's a reward from God, what happens when you have bad stuff? Right. Does that mean God doesn't like you? Right well, then, redemptive exactly. suffering goes out the window. Right, you know, Saint Teresa of Avila famously said, you know, in speaking of ways in which you know very saintly people in her life had suffered, she was like, "If this is how you treat your best friends, it's no surprise that you have so few." Right, <laughs> and like, but like you know, for, for I, I think that uh, we do have to be. You, know, you brought up redemptive suffering. I mean, that's that's the key there. You know, and if you know, ultimately. That is going to be our path to true right flourishing. We might have these ideas from the world as to what prosperity and what flourishing looks like, but being able to flourish in our sufferings and grow in our sufferings and experience meaning in our sufferings and to witness love to others and invite others to do the same in the inevitable reality of sufferings, right? Then that actually is true flourishing. That's rightly ordered yeah. flourishing. Yeah. So, so in all of this, we have to see. Uh, that there is essentially um, that that prayer is vitally important. Uh, we should pray without ceasing. Uh, we should be persistent in our prayers. And the goal is not um, to uh, um, acquire what we're praying for. It is to the, the 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 goal in prayer is to to be is to commune with God and then to live in His will. Yeah. And then and then what happens? Right, so our our life circumstances, etc., and those around us, and the, the people that we're praying for, um, well, they, they'll change. But our we'll always see that as like part of like um, it's it's like part of God's plan in some form or fashion. Mm. So that's what we need to be aware of as we as we continue to pray. And 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 honestly, what I want to do really right now is when we want to pray, it's let's let's pray that Mary helps us get closer to to Jesus, right? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us us sinners sinners, now and at the the hour hour of our our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.